All right, folks, welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show, the Bill Bennett Podcast, free. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. An abbreviated version this morning. Uh, wasn't going to do one at all, going on a little bit of vacation for a week or so. But uh, in light of events, figured needed to do it, needed to talk to you and get your reaction. I'm here with Chris Peach. Chris, good morning. Great to be with you, Bill. Day after the president's second statement on Charlottesville, um, which didn't seem to please uh, his critics any more than the first statement did, though it did exactly what it was they wanted him to do or to say, but it was too little too late, according to them. We'll get to that in a second. But let's uh, let's talk about breaking news, which I searched for uh, to no avail on CNN and elsewhere, which is Kim Jong-un has backed down. Uh, apparently, he has said that they will not fire on Guam from North Korea. Uh, this is not going to happen. Uh, and how in heaven's name did this occur? Uh, may I put forward a hypothesis, Chris, that... <laughs> The president and Mattis scared the heck out of this guy. And uh, he th- thought about fire and fury. He looked at uh, the balance of weaponry and decided this was not a good bet for North Korea. What do you think? I, I agree with that. I think they also may have put some fear in China as well. Because uh, you saw after Mattis's announcement and the administration's just uh, very blunt approach to North Korea, you saw China... Uh, insist that it would take these sanctions seriously and that it would start cracking down even more. And so I think that may have also been the impetus behind uh, North Korea's decision. Yeah, there was some clearly some back-channel work, but there was some front-channel work. And whether you want to give credit to the back-channels or the front-channels, it looks like the president has prevailed here, and he has gotten Kim Jong-un to back down. Now, it's just first step. But this is an important first step. And why won't the critics give the president and his people credit for doing this? Uh, we have not seen Kim Jong-un back down in a long time, uh, in, to my memory. And uh, I'd like to see more reporting of this. Maybe maybe this is just a story that conservatives have received and hasn't gone to the liberal media yet. I don't know. But um, it's extraordinary. It's a big deal. And uh, it should be more broadly reported. This is a big win for President Trump, as best I can tell. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's go back to Charlottesville. Um, uh, by the way, an update in Durham. Uh, I'm talking to you on Tuesday on Durham, in Durham, North Carolina. Last night, they tore down a statue of a Confederate soldier. This was not uh, civil authorities taking it down. This was a mob. They uh, then, uh, having pulled down the Confederate soldier statue, spit on it, kicked it, and so on. Uh, and this is uh, their notion of getting history right, which is to destroy history, which is to destroy historical artifacts. Um, I don't know what uh, to say about this except to, to uh, say what uh, I think it was Laura Ingram said the other day, and it makes you think, when do they march on Monticello? and destroy the the home of Thomas Jefferson. When do they go to Mount Vernon, close to us here in Washington, D.C., and set fire uh, to uh, Mount Vernon? Um, Slaveholders, slaveholders. This is extraordinary. This is the extirpation of history. And no criticism that I could see, for the most part, from the mainstream media of these mobs, because uh, is the mainstream media of the same mind as the mob? Um, Maybe. Um, it, uh, it now, and notice, notice something else that's going on. The elision 
uh, when things elide, they blend together. The elision, have you noticed this, uh, Chris, of Breitbart, white supremacist, alt-right with conservative. Right. So that uh, these things are now collapsing into each other, and that if you're a conservative, then you're an ally of this uh, white supremacist business. This is extraordinary. Uh, This tells you the uh, zaniness, craziness, wrongheadedness that's going on. Uh, and the danger of all this, because this is to say, you know, you are conservative, therefore you are all right, therefore you are, um, you know, the enemy, the sworn enemy of civil rights and of and of, uh, of civil liberties. This is just insanity, what's going on now. And um, the media just seems to be blessing it, or a lot of the media does. Let's go back to the president's statement, because I've sent around to just a couple of people something I found in reviewing um, some other utterances around situations like this. Uh, The president was criticized uh, for his statement uh, on Sunday, which was a statement that um, was, uh, I thought, very strong. Uh, He talked about bigotry and he talked about uh, prejudice. Uh, He said, we condemn, uh, I'm sorry, on Saturday, uh, he, he, let me just quote, He said that we're following the events. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides, on many sides. It's been going on for a long time in our country. No citizen should ever fear for safety and security in our society, etc. Well, what people objected to there was they didn't name names, the names of these uh, right-wing groups, Ku Klux Klan, etc., um, and uh, which he did, which he did, of course, yesterday. But that was too little, too late. So Saturday or Sunday, he's faulted for um, not saying uh, enough. And uh, Monday, he's faulted for the original statement was Sunday or Saturday. The original statement was Saturday. Saturday, and statement fault, faulted for statement on Saturday, and then on Monday, Monday's statement was too little, too late, where he did name the groups. So he just can't get it right as far as the critics uh, are concerned. We'll come back to that in a in a, in a second. But uh, in terms of this other thing, which people objected to, where he said on many sides, on on both sides, on many sides, in the uh, interview uh, press conference uh, yesterday with the police chief in Charlottesville. Uh, he was asked whether there was violence on both sides, and he said yes. Uh, he said there was, uh, let me use the phrase he used, mutually combative people on both sides. Uh, I saw a video clip of a uh, one of the apparently white supremacists with a Confederate flag poking it at somebody on the other side of a hedge. And on the other side of the hedge, the guy who was being poked at had uh, a, um, a handmade flamethrower. Uh, what is that? A can of paint spray that you torch with yeah, a lighter? Yeah, I, I, I saw that. Yeah, he had a he was holding a lighter and then had some sort of aerosol can. Yeah, and, and you know a little more a little more dangerous than the than the flag, I think. Uh, so yeah, there was mutually combative work. Now, I, there's no question that that these uh, uh, white supremacists came to town looking for trouble. Uh, no question, they came looking for trouble. But I would say that some of the people who came out to oppose them we're looking for trouble too um one other comment before i come back to the statements which is um police delayed they delayed considerably uh i don't know what the time frame is i'm gonna say an hour an hour and a half these skirmishes were going on for a long time 
uh, while the police were watching and didn't intervene. And the police chief yesterday really didn't defend himself against that. He, they asked if he had any regrets about his movements, and he said, yeah, there are a lot of regrets. He didn't specifically say he regretted this, but, um, but they were standing on the sideline watching. Uh, and the minute that the violent clashes began, the police should have intervened and said, that's it. It's over. Demonstration's over. Uh, march is over. That's it. Uh, you know, go to your respective corners. But they didn't do that. Uh, anything you want to fill in there, Chris? Yeah, you're you're right about that narrative. Uh, and Terry McAuliffe, when he was asked about it, had some interesting responses. He basically said, I thought we did yeah. a good job. It could have yeah. been worse. Uh, newsflash, someone died. Um, and many people were injured. And yeah. then he also said, which seemingly I think he he seemed to admit that they could have done more but didn't do it. He said something. Here, let me find the quote. Um, it's easy to criticize, but I can tell you this. 80% of the people here had semi-automatic weapons. And he said, you saw the militia walking down the street. You would have thought that they were an army. I was just talking to the state police upstairs. They had equipment better than our state police had. And yeah, then, go ahead. And then a lot of people are giving him grief for this, and yet not a shot was fired, zero property damage. He doesn't uh, acknowledge yeah. the loss of life. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very weak, very, very weak, very pathetic. But why were the cops standing by and watching? Um, Especially it, if they have arms that, uh, yeah. l- let's just say that is true, that they were very well armed. If that situation does flame up, that would seem an additional reason to step in uh, immediately. Right. Uh, anyway, big problem there. And I think uh, we'll see more about this and hear more about this. I know I certainly want to read more about this. But, you know, it's not news unless it's about Trump, and it's not real news unless it's bad news about Trump. So let's come back. Uh, he is condemned because he says, We condemn in the strongest possible terms the egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides, on many sides. We have the audio bill. Not being specific. Let's hear it. But we're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides. On many sides. It's been going on for a long time in our country. That's it. That's enough. Okay. On many sides, it's been going on for a long time in our country. He is criticized, President's criticized for not uh, being more specific. Uh, and not identifying with the real, you know, the real problem, which is on the right and the white supremacists and so on. Well, I went back uh, and reread President Obama's uh, remarks on the day after the Charleston uh, massacre, the massacre of the people at the AME church uh, by a white supremacist. And... um, Interesting remarks, uh, thoughtful and careful remarks the president gave, President Obama. First of all, he talks mostly about guns uh, and gun control and people having easy access to guns. He doesn't talk about white racism and white supremacism and Ku Klux Klan and the fact that this guy was a a nut on these subjects. But uh, this is what else he says. Do you have that cut from uh, President Obama where he says this is not the first time? The fact that uh, this took place uh, in a black church uh, obviously also raises questions about a dark part of our history. Uh, This is not the first time that black churches have been attacked. And we know that hatred across races and faiths pose a particular threat to our democracy and our ideals. Okay. 
And we know the hatred across races and faiths pose a particular threat to our democracy and our ideals. So you just had the slaughter of these, what was it, nine black people at the hands of uh, this, uh, this white supremacist in Charleston, Dylan Roof. Um, and um, the president's remarks are, uh, we know the hatred across races and faiths pose a particular threat. Sounds like moral equivalence to me. Sounds like exactly what President Trump was doing on Saturday in a situation which was not at all settled or resolved or analyzed yet. Uh, and um, this is what he was criticized for. But this is exactly the point the president, uh, earlier president, was making, President Obama. Across races and across faiths, we see these accusations and these barbs and arrows. Isn't it the same point? Seems to me it is. The two statements are strikingly similar. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, you know, if Trump had just replaced and said, taken parts of Obama's speech, uh, would there have been the same outrage when people realized what he was doing? Um, but I think it's it's interesting to note that a lot of people, and I'm trying to remember back to the shows we did in the wake of Charleston, uh, a lot of people gave President Obama credit for not jumping on the or playing the race card right away. Yeah. Um, and then you remember the eulogy he gave in Charleston. A lot of people thought that was one of the best speeches he gave. Yeah. And at a time when racial tensions in the country were very high, uh, he didn't emphasize race. And I think a lot of people applauded that, him, applauded that here. And yet what we have with the Charlottesville situation is the opposite. People want the president to emphasize race, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 call uh, call his failure to do so a sign of uh, his own uh, racism. By the way, is is there anything more obvious in the world than the fact that this cosmopolitan New Yorker, uh, Donald Trump, who deals with people you know of all sorts, of all types, of all races, of all ethnicities, has for thirty or forty years uh, doesn't give a darn about people's race or ethnicity? Is, isn't isn't that obvious? I mean. This is what troubles some conservatives during the campaign that, you know, I remember, remember Ted Cruz talking about um, New York values, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, uh, you know, criticize the president for New York values. You know, when it comes to people's life and lifestyles, gays, transgender, you know, pre- President Trump couldn't give it, couldn't give a darn. It's, it's obvious. Uh, and, and in that he may part company with some, you know, more, more, uh, you know, uh, uh, uh more conservative people, more religiously conservative people, but that's that's who he is. So this is a bum rap that uh, that he's being given. But what they're doing is just allowing him not to win, just not letting giving him the chance to win. Either uh, you know he he didn't hit it right on Saturday, where the situation was again still developing, you know, still going on. He made a quick and instant statement, or then Monday. So then uh, people say, well. Trump criticized Obama for not saying radical Islam, but he wouldn't say the words right racism. Well, it took him two days, the president, to say those words. Uh, And uh, remember that it took Obama uh, eight years and he still didn't say the words radical Islam. (laughs) So one thinks about that, uh, thinks about that comparison. He's just not getting a break. Um, It's almost tempting not to even analyze objectively what's going on now because it is so clear. Uh, what the bias uh, is? It is. Uh, it is quite. It is quite extraordinary, Chris. Yeah. Not to mention, um, Attorney General Jeff Sessions comes out and says the f- 
the Department of Justice is going to launch a federal civil rights investigation. Uh, they're looking to charges of domestic terrorism. I mean, th these this is the day of or the day after the rest of his administration is saying things um, that the media don't want to give them credit for either. And I'm worried about, you know, the continuation of this because I, I don't know if you saw, but um, some of these these white supremacists, white nationalist groups have events planned at college campuses this fall. Um, already Texas A&M came out yesterday and canceled one of them. Uh, but these things are going to go on, and I think these issues are not going to simmer down. No, they're not. And, and of course, the uh, left will feel empowered here by all the fuel that the media is giving it and all the support. Uh, in this thing we started with uh, last night in Durham, not only was the statue of the Confederate soldier torn down, uh, the mob was, uh, some of the mob were jeering at the cops and yelling at the police. We will see more of this from the left. And uh, then we will see if the media is prepared to criticize the left on the same grounds it criticizes uh, the hard right. But watch for a few things. Watch for the left to be energized by this. Watch the media to keep up the drumbeat against Trump no matter what he says or does. Um, and watch the elision. Uh, of conservative, alt-right, Breitbart, white supremacist. Um, and, you know, an interesting kind of background thing here is this whole, um, is it James Damore, the Google guy who wrote this memo? Right, right. Um, this uh, apparently a BA in biology from Harvard, this kid who wrote this thoughtful memo um, raising serious questions, who was just totally dismissed uh, for his uh, for his views, this is a background uh, issue as well uh, worthy to explore. Go ahead. Right, and I think this also raises issues, and you know, I'd be interested to get your take on this uh, of identity po politics and the future of American politics. Um, I, I think that you know we talked a lot in 2012 about mm -hmm. uh, Barack Obama's victory as one of. And because of identity politics, yeah. uh, he won margins of young people, blacks, women, minorities, gays. He won them by overwhelming majorities. And people thought, Democrats thought, oh, this is this is the future. We are never going to lose. And then qu things quickly changed. And we're back to a place where uh, it's interesting that Donald Trump is seizing on a message that seems to resonate more with the broader country. And Democrats are still focused on identity politics. It's a good question. Uh, is the future going to be Martin Luther King judged by the content of your character, not the color of your eye skin or your identity in the identity politics sense, or uh, is uh, is it going to be a, a politics of uh, of uh, identity identity politics? Uh, we did that piece in 2012, right, about the election. Right. That's right. And can, maybe we can put that up on the website. Can we put a link up to that? Sure, sure. From yeah. CNN, 2012. People can, yeah, CNN. Remember I used to work for CNN? Remember that? Yeah. Okay. Hey, long, long time ago. All right, folks, that's it. I am um, heading off. Going to take a week or so. We'll be back with you. I, I, You know, I'm not sure we'll miss a beat. I think we'll be back on next week toward the end of the week. But um, anyway, I, I needed to comment on this. And um, Chris, I appreciate you joining me. And uh, thanks very much for listening. It's the Bill Bennett Show, Bill Bennett Podcast. Please uh, subscribe and tell your friends. 